what did you do? What? What did you do today? I can't say what did you what did you do today. Just, just you do, roll with it. Just like, go. Did did you do is like hard for my mouth. What did you do today? Me? I went to work. Then I came back from work. Then got ready to go to work tomorrow. If my day was a movie, it would have two sets and would mostly consist of my done conversations. But why should we expect more from movies? That's what Kevin Smith wanted to know. His debut film was about two guys in dead-end jobs trying to pass the time. They talk about how they hate the customer. They talk about Star Wars and girl problems. They're cogs in the machine and they don't know how to move forward. Or they don't want to move forward. Or something in between. Smith captures this sense of way because that's what his life was too. He literally worked the same job in the same stores as customers even during filming. But he pulled himself up by the bootstraps, somehow gathering the minimum amount of money it takes to make a film. That move catapulted him to becoming a well-known director he is today. He's one of the elite now, but his first film was, was about what he used what he used to be. A clerk. <laughs> Mark, you can't just put on way casually into a monologue <laughs> and act like that's a normal thing for a 23-year-old to say. I'm not even supposed to be here today. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we have been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I'm joined, as always, by... I'm Mark Wallington, and I've sucked 36 dicks. Uh, I'm Chad Oliver, and is that 36 including mine? Uh, no, you would be 37. Ah! Uh, that's a lot of dicks! <laughs> that's all, That was the alternate name for our podcast, was right. that's a lot of Just, dicks. Just three uh, Chad, Chad, don't slut shame me for sucking dicks. What are what are you, the main character in this movie? Well, Ooh. we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get uh, into that later. Um, so this is Best Pictures. The way this show works is we each pick our favorite movie for every year we've been alive. We also talk about what won the Academy Award and what won the Razzie. We are in our 94 series. We talked about Pulp Fiction last week, which was Chad's pick. And this week, we are talking about Mark's pick, Clerks. Um, but before we do that, I want to talk about what we have seen at the local multiplex. Right. Um, Chad, what what has your journey to the local multiplex Boy. brought you? Um, well, I've seen, since we last talked, I've seen Justice League. Lady yeah, let's talk about that one. Justice League. Okay. Sure. That wasn't the one I wanted to talk about the most, but <laughs> it's fine. Uh, <laughs> it was very good. I was very surprised because obviously when you're going into... Uh, Warner Brothers superhero movie directed by Zack Snyder, you're thinking, this movie's not going to be good, but it was fun. And it had hashtag jokes. Okay, th- we may be getting into spoiler territory here. <laughs> it's been three weeks it's since been, this movie yeah, It has been effectively 25 years since this movie came out. I just want to give listeners the opportunity to like mute the podcast, skip ahead Chad, they've announced seven but, new Batman movies uh, since that movie <laughs> came Superman out. Superman is alive. <laughs> Guys, what? Okay, hold on. This motherfucker. Okay, hold on. We're gonna have to talk about it for just a second. They pretend Superman's dead the whole time, right? Right. Henry Cavill is fucking second build in the yeah, motion like, picture. Yeah, like they didn't try to hide it at all, but they put some effort forward, so it's really confusing. Uh, they also made a big stink about him not shaving his mustache, which yeah, is still like, the greatest thing to happen in cinema of all time. The opening image of this movie <laughs> is the ugliest contorted. I didn't think it was Henry Cavill, legitimately. 
Like I thought it was someone. You thought it was Plastic Man. You thought D- honestly, <laughs> DC had brought Plastic Man into the fold. <laughs> well, sure, but like in, legitimately, I thought it was supposed to be a kid's camera footage of someone in cosplay, not Henry Cavill. <laughs> <laughs> like legitimately, that's my honest first instinct. Uh, See, here's what I thought. Didn't notice. Really? What? How, Mark? <laughs> Genuinely Have you didn't seen notice. Henry Cavill or lips in general? Have you seen <laughs> lips before? Have you seen how that mouth do? Because it's not like that. It is not like that. Um, Mark, but did you... So let me ask you this, because maybe you just can't notice like CGI monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't bothered by the CGI people in Rogue One, but a lot of people really? were. Did, you, did those bother you at all? Um... No. Okay. Yeah. So Not maybe really. like CGI. I just think Tarkin. I think Tarkin looks a little weird sometimes, but mostly most of the time it's fine. Yeah. He looks very um, good for a video game. Very bad for a human being in the same space as other human beings. I think he looks fine. Uh, I saw Steppenwolf in Justice League. I've seen worse things. Steppenwolf was very bad. Yeah. <laughs> hey, question. Steppenwolf. <laughs> um, I don't want to shit on the movie. It it, it was better than expected. Like yeah. it was it was good. Um, didn't need to see Wonder Woman's ass as much. That was a weird choice yeah. after like seeing Wonder Woman. Yeah, Patty Jenkins like tasteful direction. Yeah, and then, and then like, oh, let's have Wonder Woman walk up some stairs. We'll we'll be like, at butt level. Every shot was like a rack focus from her butt to the people standing in front of her. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Um, oh shit, rack focus. I should have done something with that. <laughs> yeah, that, that was right in front of you. Um, so was her butt though. Yeah, for real. Um, it was pretty good if they keep st- making these like steps in the right direction. Like, I mean, as a nerdy like superhero boy, seeing all these Justice League characters like finally show up together was like, it that it was and, good enough. And seeing you know? Superman not be a drag for once was great. Right, right, yeah. Right, even if his mouth was weird. <laughs> even if his mouth was weird. His, um, there was like one scene where he was not a an unbearable human right right not human um a kryptonian mark what mm. did you see at your local megaplex um i saw ladybird oh i saw ladybird i too. almost mentioned something else that i saw but i think cody's gonna mention that so yes, hey I'm how many dave matthews band needle drops were there in ladybird um there were just enough mm. how many three how many three how many former first ladies were there I stole Mark's joke. Surprisingly, none. Yeah. Um, literally, the day before I watched Lady Bird, I watched Jackie, which made a, <laughs> an interesting yeah, you, pairing. You, uh, you tweeted about that. It was a very good tweet. I didn't favorite uh, it or retweet it. I just wanted to tell you that it was a very yeah, good tweet. I know. Tweet. I saw that. Cody was the only person to like that tweet. I, I'm very supportive of, of your You know boys. what? Well, not Chad's tweets. You know what? <laughs> live on, well, hey, Mark. go to hell, Cody. But hey, <laughs> live on the podcast, we're going to do something special today. I'm going to go back to Mark's um. Oh, my God. It's happening Twitter. live. Yeah. This is good. Hashtag good content. Oh, That's it is. For sure. Scrolling back. Last year had Man, Jackie, this I'm year so had Ladybird. So I'm really looking forward to next year's movie named after Pat Nixon, Like. <laughs> and I liked your tweet. Man, people who follow you but not me are going to like be looking at their news feed and be like, Chad liked this tweet. I should read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're going to go like, viral, baby. Viral, baby. Viral. But Ladybird so was very hey, good, though. Yeah, what's Ladybird about, though? Ladybird is about... Um, a, a moody teenager. Mm-hmm. Ooh, growing up sounds in like Sacramento. She wants to live on the East Coast. Uh, sounds like me and my hot topic. 
<laughs> what? Just at my local Hot Topic being moody. That sounds right up my alley. Yeah, you'd, you'd like it a lot, I think. Cody's from a, Cody's from a town called Moody. <laughs> that is true. But also, I was moody, and I still love Hot Topic. And um, you're still moody. I am still... Well, yeah. Um... <laughs> So, so Mark, did you see the news that came out today about Lady Bird that it is the highest rated movie ever on uh, Rotten Tomatoes? What? What? Is, yeah, that's so yeah. good to hear. What is this setting up for? <laughs> it's not a bit. It's a real thing. So, I mean, there are multiple things with a hundred, right? But the thing is, this has a hundred with the most reviews. Oh, interesting. So it's technically the highest rated. It was Toy Story two. <laughs> and now this is That's the so highest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes. I would go so far as to say this is better than Toy Story 2. Okay, f- well, it's at least Toy on par. Toy Story, Toy Story 2 is two. very good. Yeah, Toy Story I mean, 2. It replaces, it replaces Alanis Morissette. Uh, no, it's not Alanis Morissette. No, it's Sarah McLaughlin, idiot. It's, it replaces Sarah McLaughlin with Alanis uh, Dave Matthews. <laughs> um, she sings that. When somebody loved me, song. When somebody loved me, <laughs> I um, hate that song. But it's like a, it's like a breakup song, like a revenge girl after the breakup song, with Alanis Morissette singing it. It would be a breakup. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. Good lord, <laughs> we went on a trip just like Jesse's owner to abandon her, and Toy Story Two took a trip. Um, okay, so we should all watch Lady Bird. Yeah, what do you Ma- see, Codes? Um, Code code. Coco. <laughs> Saw Coco. Were you cuckoo for Coco? I am cuckoo for Coco. Um, my is that movie about hot chocolate? No, my mom mm. calls me Coco. So and my Aww. little sister. So I had to go see this motion picture and, and see. It was not about me. For me, I had an experience where I visited the land of the dead as a twelve-year-old boy. So I connected <laughs> to the movie in that way. <laughs> Um, Chad, I've not seen the so, movie. Yeah, so Mark and I have seen this movie. Chad has not been allowed to see this movie yeah, twice. So I went to the theater <laughs> this past Friday, which Friday of like Thanksgiving, and I, I, it was sold out. So I went to go see the three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. When uh-huh. I saw that movie, <laughs> I go into the theater. I was a little upset because I wanted to see Coco, but I also wanted to see this, so it was fine. I'm sitting there and I'm watching the trailers and they're all like weird comedies trailers. And I'm like, okay, weird choices for this movie. And then I see Gary Sanchez production is the opening title card. And Ah. then I was like, wait, Will Ferrell's production company produced uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. That's weird. Oh, fuck. They're playing (laughs) Daddy's Home (laughs) 2. And so I So did you watch Daddy's Home too though? I'm like, crap, I gotta I gotta leave him in the wrong theater. But then I like look behind me and everyone's like, What is this? This is bullshit. Like everyone was upset to see Daddy's Home too. Because we all wanted to see the Francis McDormand movie. That Turns out uh, so Will Ferrell was in the audience and I just requested that they show his movie instead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Uh, but no, like an army of us all went to like the concession stand to complain about it to the uh, employees and they put the right movie on and it was very good. Um, and then I tried to see Coco again and it was sold out a second time. So I saw the star and it was very bad. Uh, don't yeah. see the star. Um, I still the, almost uh, cried because I love Christmas so much. <laughs> But it was not the movie that did that to me. It was the Nativity right, story. Right. Well, uh, okay. But I so, want to hear about Coco. So, well, when so when they started playing Three Billboards, did you get did you have to watch the trailers again? No, they just immediately started playing it. 
Ah, so we You're still watch more than you. Trailer. Yeah, we still watch more than you while trying to watch Coco because that motherfucker has 20 minutes of trailers and then a 21 minute long Olaf definitely made for TV, but ABC want to air it, I guess. What? That they just plop in front of it. And here's the thing. In other circumstances, I would have been charmed by it. Here's the thing. I was kind of charmed by it. Almost teared up at the end. Spoiler alerts. Did tear up at the end of the Olaf short. <laughs> but I still was angry that I was having to watch it when I just wanted to watch Coco. How long is Coco? Genuinely. I don't Like, like a normal movie? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like an hour 40 probably. Yeah. Okay. But like after two songs in that short, I was like, all right, that was good. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. Well, is this another song? Oh, okay. Act three. Cool. Yeah. A fourth song? Yep. It had all six right, songs. I guess. Um, Wait, there were six? I thought there were just four. No, there's genuinely like five or six songs. But but it does end like full length songs. It does end in a good place, and it like I don't know, I don't know. But Coco is very good. It will devastate you. Um, it's basically the theme of it is like how important is it is for people to remember you after you've died, which is pretty intense. Um, and and it's good. It's joyful. Um, I don't know. I enjoyed it a lot. It was a very good movie. There's. It's got some. Better songs in the Olaf short. Yeah, the, the the songs in the Olaf short weren't good, but I like they the weren't overall bad, story. But yeah. like the songs in Coco were so great, and they're like mariachi songs, which you never ever hear. Um, well, you don't live on my street because I hear them every <laughs> single night. Um, That's true. You want to know an interesting? Yeah, it's fact? the people who wrote the Frozen music. Yeah, right? it's the people who did the Frozen oh. uh, first movie. Good. Well, Here's the thing: I want Frozen too. I don't need Olaf's Frozen adventure We're, anyway. Aren't we getting Frozen two next year? Uh, twenty nineteen. Oh, uh, okay. Because we think... got Incredibles next year. Um, yes. Anyway, Coco's very good. Go see it. Let's talk about another movie that starts with C. Look at that segue, y'all. Mm. You are <laughs> the great. segue champion. Another um, word that starts with C, champion. No, the Segway champion is Paul Blart. Hey, Mark. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait, Mark. Paul Blart, the mall cop, really has a dead-end job. You know who else has dead-end jobs? Clerks. 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 Um, Mark, this was your pick for the best picture of 1994. Ha- tell us about it. Tell us your experience with it, et cetera. Um, I think the first time I watched Clerks was with you, Cody. Yeah, dude. In one of our many, many just watching movie days. Yes. Um, and it's like it like it was good at the time. I think I enjoyed like the conversations they have. They have this really they have this conversation about Star Wars, which I love mm-hmm. um, because it's like it's a conversation that like two nerdy dudes have with each other. Yes. Um, and then, like, a year or so later, I was, like, in a weird, like, funk and, like, depressed mood. And I watched it again, and I was like, oh, shit, this has, like, emotional meaning for me now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And even, like, even that Star Wars conversation has kind of, like, does have an emotional aspect to it. Because, like, we'll talk about that Star Wars conversation at some point. Right. But mm-hmm. it, like, all of the individual pieces kind of fit together and talk about the place that they are in their life. And it's like a place that is really easy to relate to at this, like, I think at the point that I am in my life and I'm sure like people our age are. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you, Mark. This is the second time I've watched it. And the first time with you, we were like giggling at the jokes, of course, but this time mm-hmm. the emotional core of it, like I got a bunch more and was like, Oh fuck. And connected mm-hmm. to it. Um, Chad, was this your first time watching it? Yeah. Th- I had never seen it before. Um, 
I liked it a lot. I connected to it immediately. I didn't have the first giggle. Uh, yeah, well, it's because you weren't 19 when you watched right. it. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I connected to all the things you're talking about. I didn't find it very funny. There were That's funny. There were funny parts to it. Like, we'll talk about, like, the... I know Mark and we had already talked about the finale of it. The the necrophilia part is very funny to me, but also right. very disturbing. Accidental necrophilia. Um, yeah. Thank you very much. But yeah. 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 I, all in all, I, I didn't I, think it was very funny. I, I see that. I, I think the emotional core I enjoy better, yes. but there are parts I, I don't laugh out loud necessarily, but it's like, oh, uh-huh, mm-hmm. okay. Um, yeah. I think it's like, a, like it's kind of like a familiar kind of funny. Yes. Just yeah. like, just like in conversations that they have. And I think Randall was a really funny and like mm-hmm. really great character. Let me posit this out there. What, Most of the comedy to... was real life comedy. Yeah. It's people talking to themselves and being kind of funny when they talk, which is why it wasn't like uproariously like, right. because and like was... in a Will Ferrell movie, he says something that makes no sense. Whereas this was pretty rooted in real dialogue. Yeah, and like I was charmed and like entertained and um, yeah, into all these like funny conversations and like recognizing as like oh that's relatable. But it wasn't. I don't think I ever like audibly laughed until the uh, necrophilia scene, which is right. So let, let, yeah, a lot of a lot of like the out loud laughter that comes is like just from the absurd situations that happen. Yeah, right. Um, like um the guy selling cigarettes or like that, boycotting that part cigarettes. Was, I forgot about that part actually because that was at the yep. beginning of um, the movie and then it's just sort of like in the dust after that but yeah that part's very that part's funny so let's hop into it and talk about some of that stuff so the um so on his day off the main character named Dante he gets called into his shift at a convenience store uh and he his best friend Randall works at the video, what is, video store. I'm sorry, next what's door. his position at that? What's the, his position at the convenience store? I think he's just a cashier. Like I okay, uh, interesting. I don't think he's like a manager or something. Um, but just a, just a cashier, kind of. Like I don't know what they really call it because he does like lock up and stuff. But I think he's yeah. like a man. I wish there was a better name for that. Something like cashier, something like snappy. Like cashier's two syllables. What if it was like one syllable word? On a, a completely unrelated <laughs> Thank note, you. Oh, hey, I was going to continue the bit a little more. But. I missed the bit completely. Um, <laughs> no shit. <laughs> so throughout the day, the two have a series of misadventures. It's it's a lot of like individual scenes. So we'll kind of like tackle them as we go. Um, Dante Dante is kind of like this mopey guy who's kind of like a sad sack, yes. stuck in the mud kind of guy. And he was um, asleep in his closet. Yes. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> he just um, the, Mark, his Mark phone says as he's he... recording from a, his closet. Um, thank you. The closet is next to me. Okay, well, he's recorded in his closet before. Um, um but his friend is like kind of this happy-go-lucky, doesn't give a shit about anything. Yes, kind of like has accepted his position in life and is just cool with it. Right. right. So throughout the day, the two have a series of misadventures. Um, the first one that we've mentioned briefly is there's a guy who is like talking about how cigarettes are evil and are like killing people, mm-hmm. and this was a brilliant scene i thought because he's talking about the evil of cigarettes there's a mob growing around him the people are starting to yell at dante Mm -hmm. and then it is revealed that the guy talking about how evil cigarettes are is a gum salesman and he keeps mentioning the gum when he's talking about the evil cigarettes i think it's also like nicotine gum it may be yeah um but but it's just such a brilliant thing of like Mm -hmm. he 
is like causing all these people to like take a strong stance and like sort of become activists against cigarettes mm-hmm. and it's just the sell of shit like it's but pretty not funny. just activists against cigarettes activists against people that sell cigarettes like they were he, writing against dante personally because he yeah, was the, the clerk at this place that sold cigarettes yeah they call him a nazi they say like yeah nazis yeah. are just following orders too and you're just following yeah. orders selling the cigarettes they yeah, both kill was, people yeah it's, very it gets funny. very intense and that that the level of like extreme that it went to was very funny. Um, so they also, like we said, talk about pop culture a lot, mm-hmm. um, including yeah, Star Wars. So I think that the that Nazi c- comparing him to a Nazi it plays on this like idea of you are like your job is your job and you you aren't necessarily supporting a position with that job and that plays into that star wars conversation that i was mentioning earlier Mm, yeah where um what is randall randall was like you know the i think they were talking about which one has has the better ending which of the original trilogy clearly has the better ending and he says empire has an ending that you don't think about because when they blow up the no sorry jedi when they blow up the death star at the end of jedi there's a bunch of private contractors on it because mm-hmm. that it was still under construction so he was like when they blew up the death star they killed a bunch of innocent private contractors right because Don- that like gets them that gets them into this weird conversation about like whether or not contractors are like signing up to be part of the evil empire that they're supporting or whether they're just yeah. doing their job right because dante is arguing that empire is the better ending which is a bummer ending and that's what randall calls him on and randall's like the um ending to return of the jedi is better and then they start thinking about it and they're like oh they're both bummers it's just dependent on which perspective you have right which and is I, I love the uh the roofer that comes in like he overhears their conversation Mm-hmm. And he comes in and says, "Like, I don't take jobs unless like I believe in the people. Like, I I was offered a job from whatever the mobster guy was, mm-hmm. and I didn't take it. And then the next day, the guy that took the job got shot dead, and that's on him because right. I knew not to take the job. <laughs> you just had like such a hard stance on like contractors' responsibility for their clients. I love that. Right. Uh, another thing they do is they close the store to play hockey." Because on, t- on top of the building. Yeah, because Dante was supposed to play a hockey game, and mm-hmm. they're like, well, uh, I guess we'll bring it to you, and then they lose a puck basically instantly and can't play anymore. They play for like, what is it, like yeah, eight minutes say, or yeah, something? Yeah, I think it's yeah. 12, but that doesn't yeah. matter. I don't know why I corrected you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Um, so, so, like, these people are just slacking off, and every time they close the store, there are people who are pissed about it, and they're all just like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like that kind of through line of there's always people, like, banging on the door, mm-hmm. and both Dante and Randall are kind of like, nah, I don't care. Um, another thing they do is they go to the wake of one of Dante's exes, and we don't see it on screen, but Randall apparently knocks the casket over. And so they leave kind of in a hurry. Um, I think that that part was actually like that was in the script originally. It was due to like budget constraints. They couldn't film it. Yep. That's because this movie was this movie was made for one year's tuition at Auburn University. Twenty five thousand dollars. Good Lord. That is so unreal. And like I think the limitation that that budget forced on this movie makes it very good like i like that we yeah. don't see the wake we just see them running out of the house and you're wondering like what happened and then you find out what happened through what the movie does best is these like interesting dialogue scenes mm-hmm. um 
I think, yeah, I think it's good for the movie that it was like it forced Kevin Smith to just be like, think smaller. Mm-hmm. And it also made him like think up like interesting ways to get around problems. Yeah. Like, um, he had to film this movie at night because that's when the store was closed. So the way he got around that is in the beginning, the shutters are like stuck closed because the lock is full of gum, which allows right. the 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 place to be dark and the the shutters to be closed. So it didn't look like they were filming at night, even though they like hundred percent were. Is that also why they did black and white? Yeah, because black and white film is super cheap, and also it's like super grainy because it's the cheapest fucking film you could buy. Right. God, it still holds up though in its look though, like its yeah. look still works like very well. Um. So, so those are kind of just like the like random things that happen, but like kind of the overarching thing is Dante has a girlfriend named Veronica. Um, she's sweet. She brings him lasagna, you know, supportive. She's trying to get him to go back to school. She Mm -hmm. sucked 37 dicks, (laughs) which becomes a point of contention because they're talking about sexual partners and she's Mm -hmm. only had sex with three people. And Dante has had sex with 12, 12. Yeah. Um, and then he finds out how many dicks she sucked and he, um, loses his mind, which to a degree, definitely like, both of them come off a little bit slut shamey, but I think you're it's meant to is my argument against this. Yeah, I think that like he's supposed to be shitty and yes. he mm-hmm. like he tells Rand Randall eventually that like he doesn't see her as like a long term fit for him. It's just, like a she to him is more of like a mid like a girlfriend to hold him over until he can get back with his ex-girlfriend right so like yeah he like he is handling it poorly but the movie like definitely thinks he's handling it poorly which i think is key yeah um yeah like she storms off like upset and it's like she seems rightful the movie treats it as like that's the correct response to how he's acting right my my favorite thing is that she like walks she walks out and he yells out the door, don't suck a, don't try not to suck a dick on the way to the parking lot. And this guy who's standing outside starts walking after her. <laughs> and, and he, he goes, like, no, stops get back him. here. Yeah. It is hysterical. <laughs> There's lots good. of like tiny moments like mm-hmm. that that are just so good. Um, so, but, but what's ironic about him losing his shit about her having sucked so many dicks or et cetera is the whole time he has been having late night chats with his ex-girlfriend. Like yeah. maybe not his ex-girlfriend who is currently dating someone else. Right. And who he finds out over the course of this day is engaged to be married. And like, so he may not, and her name is Caitlin. That's important. Yeah. I guess. Um, what was the first girl's name? Veronica. Veronica. Um, okay. it is. It's, like, interesting because he's not, like, physically cheating on Veronica with Caitlyn, at least not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but he definitely is, like, emotionally cheating. He He's he also, keeping yeah. Veronica around, but not that and interested. Yeah. Veronica isn't and unfaithful to Dante. She sucked 37 dicks in the past. Prior. So yeah, it was and previous. And she, she makes clear that, like, those sucking a dick means nothing to her. She says, we make out with a guy, and then I'd go down, and then i suck his dick. Like, it's like, it's just I don't, a thing I never thought we'd say her. suck a dick so many times on one podcast episode. <laughs> I you did, I, but I, I did. thought I was gonna, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was just me yelling at you two. Oh, okay. Um... So, so turns out... I thought that the suck, suck a dick conversation would happen in a decent proposal, honestly. Oh, yeah, but disappointing, truly. <laughs> truly. it's. I'm still very upset about that. It was, that. like, sold as a much hornier movie than it and turned out. It was out not horny The movie enough. was surprisingly decent. 
What? <laughs> Mark, shut up. It's late at night. You're talking crazy. Um, no, I mean, like, decent isn't, like, not indecent. Oh, got it. Um, that, so it okay, that was a very good joke. Yeah, it, it was wasn't. a very good joke. It wasn't. And we dismissed yeah. it as Mark being dumb. And we shouldn't well, do that so often. I, I stand by it. Every time um, Mark speaks, we should wait <laughs> an appropriate amount of time to see if what he said actually made sense. And then we call him dumb if it doesn't. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> turns out that Caitlin isn't actually engaged. Um, apparently, her mom really wanted it to happen. Her uh, boyfriend proposed. She was like, uh, let me think about it. And her mom basically like called the newspaper to put the engagement in there. Well, her boyfriend insisted that she wear the ring and her mom saw the ring and blah, blah, blah. Right, right, yeah. right, 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 right. Minutia, um, minutia. Before we get too much further in this storyline, mm-hmm. I feel like we should plant the little seed of the guy that's in the bathroom. Yeah, literally about to talk about that. Yeah. So th- th- there was a guy, an older guy, who showed up at one point um, so, asking Dante, uh, yeah. yo, can I use your bathroom? And Dante's like, uh, we don't let people use the bathroom. And he's like, come on. And he's like, okay. And then he's like... And then he's like, he's like, what kind of toilet paper do you have back there? And Dante's like, the cheap stuff. And he was like, can I have like a really the soft toilet paper <laughs> yeah and then Fine. he asked for a playboy essentially like he just keeps yeah. being like demanding and demanding and demanding so that has happened probably like 25 minutes ago in the movie yeah yeah they i think that like they went to the funeral after that happened they yes did. They, did. They, did. they did they did um so so caitlin is in the store um her she explains everything to dante dante's like haha here's my chance again so dante um is about to go on a date with her and he dips back to his house to change but caitlin doesn't realize that and randall is covering for him right and, and he told randall the whole situation right and so randall is like you know just fucking around um so caitlin goes into the bathroom Sh- randall shows back up Caitlin comes out of the bathroom and was like, how the fuck did you get out here so quick? And no, Dante, 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 yeah. Dante, yeah. And Dante's two characters in this movie. I know. <laughs> and Dante's like, uh, what are you talking about? And apparently Caitlin had sex with somebody in the bathroom. The best sex she yeah. has ever had. She was like, you just sat there and let me do it. Yeah. With yeah. the lights off. Cause the lights were broken in the bathroom. Right. Um, Which is interesting. Really, I just so realized great. that earlier in the movie, Dante says that, um, the man has to like do all the work and sex that like the woman just has to be there and that to like, Oh man, that conversation is the worst. Yeah, it is. But he is wrong in it. And like this scene is her like, I don't know if, I don't know if that one is supposed to, is him being wrong. But like literally the dead man just had to be there for her to have the best sex of her life. So it kind of like, that is true. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 Um, this is surprisingly like thinking about all the little threads. This is actually like a genius screenplay. I just want to pause and sit on it. Like everything yeah. kind of pays off and everything kind of relates to the main theme of things. Yes. But at the same time, it's not like a connected plot. It Or it, it doesn't is, feel like <clears throat> it when you're watching. It. Can you play the part where Cody says vignette? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's vignette. It, it, it is. It truly is. But it it all is serving a greater theme, and there's payoffs that come off later. Like it is actually a pretty tight, like well done screenplay. Um, so Kate, Caitlin had sex with the guy who had gone to the bathroom, but he died. Apparently, and, he can maintain an erection for hours after you die. <laughs> yeah, will also rigor mortis. 
I don't think that's how dicks work normally, know. though. But yeah, <laughs> I, I don't even know how my dick works normally. Right. So who knows the science of this? But anyway, she is clearly distraught and freaks out. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, like traumatized. But this scene is hilarious. And it, she is like in shock, but like the concept of that of that is so fucking funny. It is funny. It's but dark, also just like horrifying. the things that have to happen for that to happen. <laughs> yeah, like like the it it's just a payoff of a joke that was like twenty minutes in the making. Like actually, the whole movie in the making. If you're gonna pay, tie it back to the conversation about the men not having to do anything in, during sex. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's Dante um, having to be at the store. It's the guy coming in to yep. jerk off in the bathroom. Yep. It's 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 very funny. Yeah. Um so she's traumatized, um, and the ambulance comes, they take away the dead guy, and then she kinda like goes with him and Which, so Yeah, that was like weird like to me that shocking. she had to go in the same ambulance as the dead guy. That is weird to me, but like she was in shock and probably needed to be in the hospital. Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Just take a different ambulance. <laughs> right. Um, so, like, so Dante and Randall are kind of left at the store. Mm-hmm. Okay. There have been two characters that have been outside the entire time. They are called Jay and <laughs> Silent Bob. I hated them a lot. <laughs> I, I yeah. understand that they the, get, like, spinoffs and stuff from this movie. I don't understand why. They're not funny to me. Mm-hmm. They're pointless. I know exactly why. It's because Silent Bob is Kevin well, Smith. Right? Yeah. He writes the script and makes the movie. Well, yeah, but, like... I don't know. I could just tell Kevin Smith thought the idea of Silent Bob was like way more genius than it actually was. The guy that shuts up until he said something insightful. Just like, right. Okay. We should say that this movie begins the. Do you guys know what the Kevin Smith cinematic universe is called? A skewiverse. It's the View Askewiverse. View Askewiverse, yes. Because View Askew is his production company, and it's the worst name for a production company and the worst name for a cinematic universe. Yeah, so so Jay and Silent Bob get show up in a bunch of different movies. I was talking to my friend Leela, and apparently Kevin Smith is making a Jay and Silent Bob movie during a arc in Degrassi. Um, so, like, they show up in that, they show up in Scream 3, but then they also show up in their own stuff. I think they end up doing different stuff with their characters, because I believe that these characters are meant to be obnoxious in this movie. They're meant to so be... Too. They have to. Yeah. They're drug dealers yeah. who just loiter and are annoying. Yeah, like, I yeah. think... The movie does want you to laugh at them sometimes, but there are other times where they come in and just yell, and you're supposed to be laughing more at Dante just, like, dealing with them, I think. Um, I, I, I guess I, I went in knowing that Jay and Silent Bob have, like, a part in, like, Kevin Smith's later films that I've not yeah. seen. I guess that made me expect more out of their characters. I don't know, but I hated them a lot. I didn't yeah, nothing about this movie makes me want to watch Jalen Silent Bob. Mm-mm. Right. I didn't hate them. I didn't love them. It it wasn't the most it it wasn't the most appealing of the part of the movie to me by any stretch of the imagination. But like, I don't know. They, they, I I've seen characters like them if, in real life, if that makes sense. Not yeah. quite to that yeah. level, but the the people who never leave their hometown who just like sit around at the like Sonic or the like gas station and just like oh dude we're so cool because we're fucking hanging out here nobody can tell us rules but then at the end of the day you're hanging out in front of a convenience store you're hanging out in front of another thing like those characters exist yeah but 
Yeah, the, the, they weren't I necessarily the was, most. I was just annoyed whenever they were on screen, and I wanted the scene to end. Basically, I I do like the scene where um their cousin is in from Russia and he's singing that metal song. I just think that's funny for and I cannot tell you why. But he's like, <laughs> yeah, he does a Russian death metal song. Um, they are the most. Uh, like Jay is the most vulgar in the uh, yeah. movie. He he says homophobic slurs, and the rest of them don't. Again, my defense of this is he's supposed to be a shitty guy. Um, it's not a great defense, but it, it's it, not. It yeah. is it is the defense because a lot of movies will have the main character do it and pretend like it's a joke. In here, I think at least they're supposed to be a bad person. I don't know. Also, it was 1994. Right, so we'll cut it. Pulp Fiction says the N-word. Right, and The, yeah, the writer-director of Pulp Fiction says the N-word. <laughs> right. So, like, well, but also the writer-director of Clerk says Silent Bob, so. I, I, I yeah, will cut he this. say shit. Except the most he does say something. Thing. He has a very like wise line, yeah, yeah, yeah. which we're about to get to. But I will cut this movie like an inch of slack on its problematic stuff because I think for the most part, its problematic stuff is treated as relatively problematic. Um, I don't know. It is also a movie from '94. Um, oh, so <laughs> I guess I don't know. Uh, Randall is watching hermaphrodite porn while uh, <laughs> the. While Veronica's having sex with the dead guy. That's true. That's funny. He's like, chicks with dicks. It's it's like, it's... Also, he, like, went all the way to, like, across town to, like, a big, yeah. big box mo- movie rental place to rent that. Which but he's like, not, like, making fun of it, which I not. find interesting. Yeah, he's like... He's just curious. Yeah. that That's true. It feels a little bit weird to it, me. No, it is. It is. It is very much the 90s thing of Aerosmith being like, dude, looks like a lady. Like, it's still that kind yeah. of shit, yeah. but, like, yeah. I don't know. I've seen worse. Like, it is kind of how I feel like, about most Randall of this stuff. Like, Randall is sincere in it though like later he and Dante fight and we'll talk about it more but like yes. he says like I got the hermaphrodite stuff for us man like that was like the good <laughs> stuff that's yeah. a pretty pretty solid speaking of porn there's a there's a section <laughs> that I that is like just just for laughs early when like Randall it's in, Randall's introduction is he's like um, on the phone with like his supplier and there's like a mom and a kid <laughs> asking for this movie that's like Princess Butterfly 3 and he was like yeah okay well, let me call the production people the distributors or whatever and he's like he lists off like 15 movies with like horrible horrible porn names Yes, and yeah. the kid is just standing there like petrified <laughs> and he's like and, I'm sorry what was yours as well it's very yeah. funny it's very funny because Rand- Randall's whole thing is I'm gonna fuck with everybody basically yeah yeah um, okay, so he's he sells a four year old cigarettes. Yeah. Um there's so many like little things in this movie. We're definitely not gonna be able to hit them all. But so so Silent Bob and Jay are in the like convenience store and they like sort uh, okay. of attempt to shoplift. Uh, okay. It's it's weird to me that you call them Silent Bob and Jay. Well, because Silent Bob <laughs> is the one who's important in this scene. But just say um, Jay and Silent Bob. Anyway, so they like Also, I'm sorry, are they striking back? Please let me get through this. Um, so they are like trying to shoplift, but like, I don't know, not really. Dante stops them. And as they like leave, Silent Bob gives his like poignant thing, which this poignant thing is gross um, because what he says is every girl's going to cheat on you 
but not every girl's going to bring you lasagna. Basically saying like she's the only good one because every other girl is a cheater. I I love that line. Really? I I think that it's a, like it's said in a crass way, but I yes. like him being like like you've been spending all of your time thinking about this one girl who's been nothing but shitty to you. Yes. So, like she was like cheating on you while you were dating and you didn't mind, but this girl like genuinely loves you. And is giving her all, and you're treating her like shit. Yes. Okay. The sentiment we're, we're, is good, even though like the delivery is. Off. Yes. We're, yeah. we're all okay. But if you're gonna give silent, if you're gonna give like them slack for making homophobic comments, you can give them slack for saying every girl's gonna cheat on you. No, that's what I'm saying. Like we're all on the same wavelength. But what I but yeah, that's my point. Is like what he says isn't great, but the sentiment is important and true yeah. and vital to this movie, which is. Dante is making himself miserable and mm-hmm. him going after Caitlin is part of that. He's not accepting the good that there is, which comes in the form of Veronica. He's not accepting her because he's too focused on the stuff that makes him miserable. So, so we're all on the same wavelength. Yeah. What he says is not necessarily the greatest, but the sentiment is key to this whole I movie. Think- Dante has another line that is like one of my favorite in the movies and he goes when I was a kid one time I had to take a poop and the lid was down in the toilet so I shit my pants he's like I I don't want to do anything that will make my life easier because that requires doing something which is that, what this whole movie is about yeah, which that's is like a sentiment I that, I, that I like connect to on like a deep level yeah. and I don't see anything about that right Mm-hmm. Um. So R- Randall and Dante fight because Randall told Veronica about Caitlin. Dante blames Randall for everything bad in his life. He's like, you did this, you did this. And Randall is like, hey, Dante, you do it all to yourself. Like, you're blaming me for things, and I am just here. Yeah, so what we forgot to mention is that Randall told Veronica about, like, he was like, hey. Dante's oh, you mean that thing I just said, you. Mark? I wasn't. Why would I be listening <laughs> anyway (laughs) yes so so that's that's why they're mad um but randall is like dante you do it all to yourself so they like fight and they have this big cathartic thing where randall points out the truth of dante and what i love about this movie is it ends with them basically saying like they fought and then they're like all right dude i'll see you tomorrow they fight physically yes like they tear the place down fighting right but it ends with them saying, see you tomorrow. Dante decides to patch stuff up with Veronica. But the bigger moment to me is the two guys came to a head, but tomorrow they're still friends. Yeah. Hopefully Dante is not continuing his cycle of just being miserable, but their friendship remains. And this is where I emotionally connected to it the most because Chad you and I not as much because we don't have as antagonistic of a relationship. <laughs> but in this moment, I truly saw like my relationship with Mark because there we live together for, we've gotten in fights that like made people leave the room and just sit outside of our apartment before. 
and it was over something dumb, and I don't remember what it was, but they did like straight up leave and go sit out, and they were like, uh, we're going to go sit outside while you handle it, and we're both like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, they they don't want to see us fight. It was like literally they went outside, and you're like, what's going on? I was like, they don't want to see us fight, and you were like, we're fighting, and I was like, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, right. it happens on the podcast all the time, guys. Like, I know it happens. <laughs> Shut up, Chad. Hey, we're having a moment. Oh. But, 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 but the thing is, like... So, yeah, living with Mark, we, like, fought definitely, but at the end of the day, the we fight... We fought, like, once, to be clear. No, but we we would have, like, we have arguments and disagreements yeah. and stuff like that, and at the end of the day, it's just kind of like, all right, so uh, you you seen Spider-Man? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, it was, like, so Burger King? Right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, we, we landed on what we were going to do, and... I just like that connection of like your true friends, you are going to scream, go fuck yourself too. And then want to hang out with them. Like that, that I relate to like that kind of like friendship is like the key to this movie. The key to why I enjoy this movie so much is like, because like, Randall and Dante have that kind of like brother thing where like they're going to care for each other no matter what, which is something yeah. I feel about both you boys. This is the most Aww. genuine this podcast will ever be. Let's fucking get out of it. Can so. we talk about how many dicks she sucked again? <laughs> right, right. Um, 36? 30. That seems like a lot, Well, including right? Dante, it's 37. 37. I don't yeah. know if it's uh, that much. But anyway, that that is the end of the movie. I yeah. went on my like rant about why i love it what what are y'all's kind of overall thoughts on it uh mark you go oh okay i I was gonna uh my connection to it is i mean i have trouble making change in my life and i find myself complacent and kind of shitting my pants instead of opening the toilet lid a lot Mm -hmm. um i i just shit my pants again (laughs) um I, th- usually I think usually I connect to this the movie on the podcast, but you just mute yourself. What? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Um, but I think my connection to this movie is, I mean, yes, there's that level of, of the friendship, but I think it, I connect with Dante in a lot more ways than just that. Mm-hmm. Um, and his, mm-hmm. his like revelation at the end of the movie is like, I need to actually try to change things in my life is something that I've had to like tell myself like once a year for the past five years. And we both have had to be Randall to each other several times. Cause I do yeah. remember at times being like, Mark fucking get yourself out of this. Like yeah. you are friends with a shitty person or you like have a crush on a shitty person or do we have to go to Burger King again? <laughs> <laughs> like, and the answer was always like, yeah, Burger King's great, and I know you get tired of it. <laughs> uh, so, Burger so King like, is great. It I is. A, it is great. I had it yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's pretty good. good place. Um. So, Chad, do, do you uh, like? Yeah, I mean, I've uh, I've been in jobs that I just really hate before, and it's just easy to feel stuck. Or like I feel I've felt like Dante when looking for a job, and you feel stuck mm-hmm. and you feel helpless. But like, and just getting out of bed is like a challenge or getting out of the closet in Dante's uh, case, not out of right. the closet and like a coming out of the closet type of way, but like, but he wakes up in a closet, he wakes up in a closet. Then he has to naturally back to come the out door in the closet as well. Like back to the door, feet in the air from what I can tell. What yeah. the fuck is he doing in his <laughs> yeah. closet? No idea. No was, idea. Was that like, 
I think he just fell asleep. Like, I think he just fell in asleep. In his it with yeah. the door closed? Because he makes things harder for himself. He's not going to get into bed if he's already on <laughs> the floor. I guess he was, like, in the closet looking for something, and he got tired. So he was like, yeah. well, I don't want to walk out of the closet closed. and go to bed. So he fell asleep. With the door closed, though. I understand. I don't. It's I mean, strange. I don't understand. I understand what you're saying, but I don't understand. <laughs> um, um, yeah, the, the job thing is not, so, like... I've had kind of shit jobs before. I'm currently not in one, so that one didn't, like, I like the job that I work at right now. Like, I enjoy it quite a bit. So that didn't connect with me that much this time, but I definitely have been in those jobs that are like, oh, fuck this, I don't want to go. I'm going to purposely show up 15 minutes late, and Mm -hmm. then I'm going to spend 30 minutes in the bathroom. (laughs) Like, I worked at a uh, comic book store for three days that um, reminded me of (laughs) this uh, convenience store a lot. Just like... How I felt going into work was kind of like how I imagine Dante felt. Right. More more Randall probably. Right. Just like the I don't I don't care. Mm-hmm. I and don't I I I think that's the other thing that this movie kind of posits is like the one thing that makes this shit bearable for Dante is ultimately Randall. Like, yeah. could you imagine this movie without Randall and Dante is just stuck in just that? Just a fucking sad sack. Yeah. yeah, it wouldn't be a fun movie to watch. <laughs> it would not be a fun movie to watch. Although, imagine this movie with Randall and not Dante. Still a fun movie. Yeah, still, still kind a of a movie. fun movie. Um, Speaking of without Dante, do we want to talk about the alternate ending that this movie was supposed to have? Oh, yeah. no. What so was originally, it supposed to be? The original ending of this movie, and I think we actually watched this the first time we watched it, Cody. Yeah, yeah, I think so. He is like, after Randall leaves, he's counting the like the cash register, and someone comes in and shoots him dead and steals from the cash register. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. and... And Kevin Smith was like, yeah, I just didn't know how to end a movie. Which is honestly accurate. Uh, Chad and I both did, like, we both were in film studies classes, and that is kind of the cliche ending when you're like, fuck, I don't know what to do. Uh, main character kills themselves or gets murdered. It's a shock. It, it, it is kind of the, like, I don't know what to do, so let's end it in a shocking in way thing. In this movie, I feel like it could have worked, like, the whole, I'm not supposed to be here today, and then... He ends up. Yeah, but that's. I think. But I like the mo- The idea of this being like a a day in his life that is like only mildly yeah. important to the long term story of his life. That is yeah. more interesting. I f- the, it would completely change the way I watch the movie because, like, yeah, now you watch the movie and I'm not supposed to be here today as like an excuse. You're making life miserable for yourself, no one else. Whereas, like, I'm not supposed to be here today as like an accurate excuse to like. He shouldn't have been the one to die. I think that, that like, ending. if he gets shot at the end of this movie, it becomes Fruitvale Station, which is about a guy who's, like, living his normal life and then gets shot mm-hmm. at the end of the movie. Yeah. Have you guys seen Fruitvale Station? It's really I've good. No, but, I, but I know that that's the premise of it. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think him getting shot undercuts the, like, the quote-unquote moral that I relate to in this movie. Like, the, yeah. the theme. Like, I think it undercuts it because it's, like... Dante is making himself miserable. He is now choosing to get out of the shit. Like I think him just being shot would ruin that. Like yeah, it'd be it, a, it's weird how like that one scene would change the entire movie. Like yes. it doesn't just change the ending, it changes the movie. Right. Um so supposedly so there are part there's like titles that pop up sometimes for this movie. Um, and it's they're supposed to represent the nine circles of hell or purgatory because that's uh, kind of what Dante is in. Dante, like was. Dante's Inferno. I don't know. It's 
I didn't I don't like know the enough about Dante's Inferno, but I don't I don't like that idea very much. I don't mind the titles. I think the idea that he's stuck in purgatory makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. sure. It, it's not meant to be literal purgatory. Like, it's not one of those things where, like, oh, Dante's actually dead, and he's in purgatory. It's not that, but it's just, like, he is... He's in a middle place. Um, yeah, like, he's, he is waiting on his life to either get good or get bad. Currently, it's just... Mm-hmm. It just is. Yeah. So... Oh, uh, we um, didn't talk about the egg scene, and I really liked the egg scene. Okay, talk about it, Chadwick. Uh, there, there, <laughs> uh, there was a guidance counselor who was obsessive about getting the perfect dozen of eggs. Uh, that that's it. Well, <laughs> yeah, really but again, it. the the ultimate point of that scene, which is why this is a fucking brilliant screenplay, is like so. There's another person who like comes in and like talks to Dante. I don't know what that person is doing, but yeah, she is she just a, a customer. Yeah. Okay, she, she happens to be there. She tells Dante that she sees that all the time, and it's because they say a guidance counselor is kind of a meaningless job. Um. And that is a way they can exert control. So it, it right. is like a representation of what Dante could be. And then she says, like, that's why I'm glad. No, 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 no. That's the closing line. What? Uh, the, yeah. The, the line she has is so great. And I wanted Cody to say at the, at the end of the podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. You ruined it. We'll, we'll but she, she finds value in what she does. And you'll find out what that is at the end of the podcast. <laughs> but but then Randall like is like, yeah, my guidance counselor was useless. That makes sense. Like, it, so it's, I don't mm-hmm. know. Again, it's serving this bigger theme. Like, yeah. But it's also like. A funny joke where someone is just like picking up each individual egg and weighing them. Right. Yeah, it's that, it's a hilarious, and he has that crazy look in his eye. It's a funny image that he's like on the ground with all these eggs everywhere. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, again, it does serve that that purpose. And that that's what I don't know. I'm just kind of been blown away to a degree by this movie because like on the surface you're like oh it's a kevin smith kind of raunchy comedy it's dick jokes the only good kevin smith movie is what i say it's the and it's the only one that i've seen but yeah I also only <laughs> no mark only mark we watched only seen mall rats. yeah we watched mall rats and hated it um it's bad but it it like so what you know about kevin smith culturally and what like you know about this movie on the cover you're like oh it's a stoner comedy and just the fact that it truly every scene is like yes there's jokes but it is connected and it is like serving a better function thing well, i don't here's I don't know. the thing it's like kevin smith like you told me this cody i think is that he worked at this convenience store Mm-hmm. While he was filming yeah. it, and he when he made this movie, he was working during the day, yeah, filming at night and sleeping one hour. Good God! For for I think eighteen days while they filmed this, and Good so like God. like I, th- I think that's why I, it's so successful and so pointed is because he was living that life, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. in making this movie, he was finally doing something about it. He was opening the toilet lid so he could take a shit. Yeah. And he shat this movie, and it was pretty good. <laughs> and and again, I mean, it's what people say, like, write what you know. That's why this movie is successful, and the one about a person who attaches walrus tusk to people is not as, as successful. Right. Um, I haven't seen that, but I imagine I, it's not as personal as Clerks. Right. I'm going to make it my goal, probably, to see most Kevin Smith movies just as, like, an interesting, like, 
you know, I what like happened. Yeah, like looking at director stuff, but yeah, th- based on Mall Rats, I don't enjoy Mall Rats that much. But like, well, what happened with Mall Rats is that after the success of this movie, they gave him a, like a fucking ton of money to make a a follow up, right? And he made Mall Rats, which is like the same movie but takes place in an entire mall and has a more connected plot. Yeah, I, I think that's what loses me about Mallrats is it feels it feels more plotty. It, it like this feels like a day in the life, whereas that one yeah. like has plot and all kinds of stuff. Um, I oh, we didn't talk about the scene. We're on the drive to the funeral. This has nothing to do with anything. I just think it's funny. They have a conversation about um, a guy they know that died trying to suck his own dick. <laughs> I just think it's funny, and the, yeah. the 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 picture of his mom walking in to him being dead with a dick in his own dick in his mouth is so funny to me. There's a lot of that kind I'm of dark, child. twisted humor, which yeah. yeah, but it's not like purposely Dude. like it's it's not Family Guy, it's not South Park, it's not you know in like in middle school. Did you guys hear the rumor that Marilyn Manson removed one of his yes. ribs so he could suck his own dick? It it changes who it is like based on generations. I don't I've know always the, heard Marilyn Manson. There's been another. There was another one before that. Um, okay, because like that's a weird rumor that goes around that Marilyn mm-hmm. Manson had a surgery to suck his own dick. How did that get started? How did it spread I, so I rapidly? I, I think it started when Marilyn Manson got a surgery so he could <laughs> suck his own dick. But it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> wait a second. If all it takes is a rib being removed, does that mean that Adam in the Garden of Eden could suck his own dick? Yeah. Huh. Anyway, didn't even eat. <laughs> anyway, and that's that's why thanks. that's how sin entered the world. Yep, that's what that's what Darren Aronofsky's mother is that about. Was, that was um, the fruit of good and evil. Yeah, the fruit of knowledge. Of it was watered down for the dick. book because kids are going to read that. But it was all about right, sucking right. his own dick. But Aronofsky brought it back. Um, I haven't seen Mother. It, is there sucking your own dick in Mother? No, but it is an adaptation of the Bible. Um, no, see, I didn't know that. Also, you're thinking of Noah. Nope, I'm thinking of Mother. But Noah, you're thinking of Noah's Exodus, just, Gods and Kings. You're right. I was. Um, <laughs> That's Ridley Scott. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's still a silly movie. Um. So, so do you guys have any other thoughts on the movie before we move into voting section? It's very good. It makes me wish that Kevin Smith had a better career after this movie, or like a. He has had a successful career. It's just I wish he made better movies because. Yeah. I love the idea of Kevin Smith so much of like selling your comic books, maxing out your credit cards to mm-hmm. make a movie that's like your dream and it works and it launches your filmmaking career. That idea is like something like inspiring. But then when your career is Kevin Smith's career, I don't know. He's, I don't. He's, yeah, he's I don't find things, but like I don't like his movies that much. Yeah, I don't know that we can shit on it necessarily because I haven't seen enough of his stuff. Um, and also he's at the end of the day, he's pretty happy in what he's doing. Yeah. He is making the movies he wants to make. And regardless of whether or not those are for us, like, I don't know. I kind of, I'll give him props for making what he wants to. The Kevin makes me a little bit sad that he's making like red Dawn remakes instead of like emotionally charged movies. Hey Mark, Mark. this is basically Mumblecore. Did he not make red Dawn? No, he did not. He made the movie red state, which is not a red Dawn remake. I actually, okay. It basically is, but it's not. Nobody shit on me because I saw this movie probably 10 years ago when it first came out. It's not a good movie, Cody. I remember watching it. No, Red State. Okay, Red State. 
I remember watching it and being like, eh, that's all right. But again, this was 10 years ago or whenever it came out and being it's, like, oh, okay, this is interesting. It's not um, good. John Goodman's bef- good in it because he's good in everything, but it's not good. It's a movie I need to revisit because it probably doesn't hold up. But but Kevin Smith is also now like directing episodes at The Flash and Supergirl where he feel like you can tell he fucking yeah. loves doing that. So like let him do it. I mean, hey, also he's a comic book man. And I, I there's a very interesting documentary. Um, it's called The Death of Superman Lives. Yeah. Um, I would encourage people to watch that because Kevin Smith almost wrote a Superman movie that Tim Burton was directing starring Nicolas Cage. And it was going to be insane. And like Kevin Smith wanted to write this because Kevin Smith does understand superhero characters. That's where I think Kevin Smith almost excels most in. And it makes sense that he kind of went on to have a podcast empire because he excels in the pop culture conversation kind of stuff. Um, but he, he, uh, he understands Superman. And so he wanted to make a particular movie and then the studio head wanted to put giant spiders in it. Like yeah. it, it's bad shit. It's, like it's a fascinating he, documentary. Hearing the studio head talk about like his vision is yeah. one of the more hilarious. It looks like it's like a mockumentary, like an episode of the office or something. Yes. I don't believe that that's an actual working right. professional. But then he got the spider he wanted in Wild Wild West. Like that's <laughs> like he just wanted a giant mechanical spider, and it comes in Wild Wild West. It's it's great. It's a very good documentary. It's it's fascinating because it also shows you like sometimes the Hollywood studio system works, and then other times it does not, regardless yeah. of who you are. Because Tim Burton should have been able to get a Superman movie made, and it just did not happen. It's it's interesting. Gosh, I wish that movie existed so we could talk about it. I wish that one existed. I also wish the J.J. Abrams Superman movie existed. That one's called like Flyby or something. Like yeah. there have been some crazy. I wish the Mick G Superman movie. That's existed. the one, Mark. That's the Superman Flyby that J.J. Abrams wrote it, and then Mick G was like, "Planes? I don't get on planes. Mm, I don't want to go to Australia." And they didn't make it. <laughs> it is an insane story. And also, the only thing McG had done at that point was, was like Charlie's Angels and like music videos. Smash Mouth music videos. God, it's insane. We, we talked about this McG. Is the, this is the second episode we've talked about McG. <laughs> it is weird that he keeps coming up. Um, okay, so let's let's get to voting. So last oh week, Pulp Fiction was deemed the best movie of 1994. So now we are pitting Pulp Fiction against Clerks, two movies that launched the careers of very 90s pop culture obsessed guys. Both movies that came from the indie scene. Yes. And like notable directors, first or second movies. Yes. Um, They also like... In, they inspired a lot of things. Mm-hmm. They changed a lot of things about movies. Yes. Um, so who who wants to be first to bat? Uh, I say it's Mark's movie. Yeah, I can Mark go first. Vote. Yeah, Mark. Should I go first. think um, I like have we've talked about this before. I have this weird place in my heart for like mumble mumblecore movies. Mm-hmm. Like literally last night, I watched Francis Ha again. Francis um, Ha, I don't think counts as mumblecore, but I on. I would say Clerks doesn't either. It's yes, like it, it's, it's highly not, scripted. Yeah, it's highly scripted, but it is loosely plotted. Yes, yeah, but yeah, Mumblecore yeah. is the improv dialogue, which is why I can't handle Mumblecore. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. 
and but like, anyway, um, this is the, like who cares at the yeah, end of the yeah, day? Yeah. Like, but like it's it's like low stakes, yes, people hanging right. out kind of vibe, which I really like and appreciate, and like can, can somehow find myself connecting to a lot easier. You Based do like hangout movies, uh, clerks. Yeah, I, everybody I do like hangout movies. Everybody, everybody wants some. Everybody wants some. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I connect to clerks like in a really big way and I don't really emotionally connect to Pulp Fiction very much. I enjoy the hell out of Pulp Fiction. Um but Clerks is like really personal to me and I was like when when like this episode was happening I was like oh shit I hope Cody and and Chad don't hate this movie. Like I just was like nervous that you guys wouldn't like this movie because it means like weirdly a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm glad you boys liked it and it's I my favorite like movie it. of 1993. Uh, Four. Well, 1994. <laughs> mm, fuck, I quit. <laughs> no, but you Ch- can still be friends, even though he called you an idiot. That's the point. Yep. Cody That's got point. all sappy about it. Chad, you go next. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to vote. I thought I knew going into <laughs> recording this episode, but like in talking about Clerks, I realized I think I like it more than I thought I did. Because I knew I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. But it is like a very... like tight script and like you don't feel like i it's it, good when it f- it's tightness feels makes more sense a second time yeah and like sometimes when movies feel like too tight where like you see where it's going that like bothers me but this mm-hmm. script is interesting and in that it's like very tight but it just feels slice of life like aimless vignettes yeah. uh when you're in the middle of it it's only when you observe it that you see how pointed it really is mm-hmm uh, and then there's Pulp and Fiction. And it, it's definitely two different styles of it because this movie is never showing what it's doing. It's just doing right. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas T- Tarantino's whole bag is like, let me show you the cards. Like, let yeah. me yeah. in on everything I'm doing. And I like both so much. I honestly right. don't know. And Cody, you're going to have to vote. So I can see if I even have to vote because I don't well, know. Well, I think point. Cody was excited to break the tie. Yeah, I was excited to break the tie. <laughs> but maybe the tie isn't going to happen. Okay, so here's the thing. Similar to Mark, the emotional connection is what wins. We talk about on this show a lot that, like, ultimately yes we love film yes we are going to talk about quote-unquote good movies but this is more a podcast about movies that we pick from the heart that's the whole idea while we're doing it it's why we're not just talking about academy award movies we're talking about movies that mean a lot to us and let me cut you off right there i'm gonna vote pulp fiction (laughs) (laughs) all right all right um clerks mean it's a tie i I don't know what he's gonna yeah what's he gonna pick (laughs) Clerks is true is like for all the emotional like bullshit that I told you guys earlier yeah. like it it I connect to it and ultimately I uh, I pick with my heart for the movies and it mm-hmm. it is Clerks for me because Pulp Fiction I think is very well done it is hyper stylistic I don't know if I ever emotionally connect to a Tarantino movie which is not necessarily what I'm looking for in those movies to be fair right but if this is this is what uh, what we're trying to find and we're picking from the heart, it is a hundred percent clerks for me. So well, I'm gonna pick Pulp Fiction, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? No, but like legitimately, I'm ve- I'm very torn. I love them both for different reasons. Um, yes, and like Pulp Fiction, Agreed. I there's just something about it that I really like that like it's hard to put into words. 
Mm-hmm. I don't and like it's easier to like put into words why I like clerks. Mm-hmm. Uh and we've kind of been doing that this whole podcast. But like pulp fiction, it's just like you wa- I watch it and I'm just like, wow. And mm-hmm. in a way that like isn't there with clerks, but with clerks there's other things. I don't know. I don't know. I like Pulp Fiction a lot. So I I, I probably was going to pick that, but it's very close. I would make the argument this is our hardest choice so yeah. far in the entire podcast. Yeah, because Jurassic Park just fucking swept 93. But like, <laughs> Dazed was better, Although Dazed Confused is so good. Uh, no, no, we definitely, definitively decided but Jurassic like, Park Schindler's is better. But like, Schindler's List is better, though. Well, we mm. definitively decided that Jurassic Park is better. Um. So, okay. So, Clerks is going to be our best picture for 1994. Clerks. Honestly, didn't see this coming because I didn't remember Clerks very well. So I was like, eh, I'll probably still end up picking Pulp Fiction. Next week is going to be a fucking fight, though. Well, Ooh, no, it by won't. that, I mean, I will be upset. <laughs> no, it won't because we have a special episode, Mark, that we will tell people oh, right. about at the end of the episode. Right. Um, I, wait, I will or you will? We'll figure out who will. Let's all second. let's all three. Let's, let's we'll fi- tackle. We'll figure out together. a way to include all three of us. Anyway, not the point right we'll now. BTS so, of, um, uh, best pictures. This is how we does, do things. Does anybody have any final thoughts on Clerks, our new reigning champion for 1994? It's good. It is good. <laughs> I'm very happy about this. <laughs> um. So, uh, let's wrap things up. Um. If you want to participate in our discussions to potentially tell us we're wrong in our picks or that we're right in our pick for the best picture of 1994. The best way to do that, um, as well as participating in weekly movie talks about what's out in theaters, etc., you can join us over at the Best Pictures Facebook group. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at we pick picks, W-E-P-I-C-K-P-I-C-S. Um, that is the best spot to like you know, just follow along with us. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Cody Lunsford underscore on Twitter and Instagram and just search my name on Letterboxd. I'm the first one that pops up. You should also follow Best Pictures on Letterboxd because we link out to every episode and you will see our average rating. Um, I sometimes try and put like what each one of us thought of the movie into it and stuff like that. So it's a good time. Uh, you boys are up next. You can find me, Chad A. Oliver, on uh, all social media platforms at Chad A. Oliver. Um, that includes Letterboxd, where I gave the star a horrible review because it deserved the one star that was in the title. <laughs> Good. You gave it two stars. I did give yeah, it two idiot. stars, but I'm going to change it before the podcast comes out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you fucked up, Chad. <laughs> he literally just pulled his phone out. I'm changing he's, it. He's doing um, it right now. Y- you can find me and my really funny uh, Jackie Ladybird jokes on Twitter <laughs> at Wallington Mark. Um, same thing for Instagram. If you want to see my picture from last Easter, uh, that's at Wallington Mark on Instagram. Um, and then on Letterboxd, for whatever reason, I am at Mark zero zero one four. Yeah, and you can see my, you can see me giving, I think four or four and a half stars to Lady Bird. Very good. I make the same joke there. <laughs> <laughs> it is replicating a joke. I also decided my Coco joke before I even walked into the theater. So you know, <laughs> I I already forgot. Hey, it's live right. live on the podcast. The star is now rated the star. <laughs> great, great, okay. with great. the Glad review. Coco was sold out two times in a row. <laughs> um, okay, so let's end this shit. Um, so I'm going to need to know, Mark, what is the best picture of 1994? 
Um, hands down, it's Clerks. Mark, you're supposed to ask hey, somebody. Hey, Chad, what is what, the what's best up, movie Mark? in 1994? What's up, Mark? What's the best movie in 1994? I already asked you and you haven't what's answered yet. What's the best picture of 1994, Clerks? Okay. Uh, Cody. Good pick. Good pick. Yep. What's the best film of 1994? I am going to have to go with Clerks. As the best picture of 1994. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And remember, it's important to have a job that matters. That's why I manually masturbate caged animals for artificial insemination. Next episode on Best Pictures, we are having a special episode. It is a Christmas comedy spectacular. We- to be clear, it's always a comedy spectacular here at Best Pictures, but we're talking about comedy movies, specifically Christmas comedies. Correct. We are pitting three titans of Christmas comedy against each other. Chad, who had to leave this recording because he had something important to do, can't talk Little about bitch. what his is, but he has chosen a Christmas story. Mark, what have you chosen? Um, I picked Elf, a movie that I barely enjoy. (laughs) Mark is a Scrooge. I picked National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. We are pitting these three titans against each other all in one episode. It is a super stuffed present going under your podcast tree. So, Cody, do I have to watch the other National Lampoons before I watch Christmas Vacation? Absolutely not. Make sure to tune in next week under your podcast tree.